morning, everyone. The Bible reading this morning is Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendour and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ben. I, it's my privilege to help us think through what this psalm has to say for us. What do you do when you receive a piece of good news? What's the first thing you do? Well, if you're like most people, you probably start telling people. You let them know, hey, I've just had a piece of good news. Well, my final year at Bible College was a little bit odd, because while we were there, all of us were looking for jobs. In fact, we were all looking for the same job. And so that meant whenever one of us got a job, it was a bit difficult to actually tell anyone because if you told somebody at the wrong time, it meant that you were just rubbing it in their faces that I got the job and you didn't. And so it meant you had this great piece of good news, but you had to keep quiet about it, at least for a few weeks. And so it was odd because our natural instinct when we receive good news is to tell people, to tell anyone who listen. Hey, Mum, I just got a prize at school. How cool is that? I just got a promotion. I've just become an auntie, an uncle, a grandparent. Well, the author of this psalm has some good news that he wants to tell, and he wants to tell everyone. So let's pray as we come to see what this good news is and who he wants to tell. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. And we pray that you'll help us to understand your word today. Amen. So the first question we have to ask is, who does the psalmist want to tell? Well, the person who wrote the psalm wants to tell everyone the good news that he has. And by everyone, he doesn't just mean everyone in his house, everyone in the local area, or even everyone in the city. No, he wants to tell absolutely everyone. Verse 1 says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. 
Verse 3, declare his glory among the nations. Verse 7, all you family of nations. The person who wrote the psalm doesn't just want his local area to know. He wants the whole world to know. In fact, by the time we get to the end of the psalm, even creation is joining in. The trees and the sea is joining in in this song. This is a message that he wants the world to know. But what does he want people to know? What news does he have that is so important that absolutely everybody needs to hear it? Well, the news is that God has been faithful to his promises. You see, this song was written just after the Israelites came back from exile. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army had invaded Israel. They had destroyed town after town and even took the capital city of Jerusalem and destroyed it, taken all the pieces of gold from God's temple and shipped it back to, Jer back to Babylon. And all the inhabitants of Israel, well, they were taken and scattered throughout the Babylonian Empire. They faced 70 years of exile. But now, a new king was in power. And God had changed the heart of that king, and he was suddenly letting the Israelites go back home. After 70 years away from their homeland, they were going back. The city of Jerusalem was being rebuilt. The houses were being repaired. The temple of God was being fixed. God was faithful to his promises. God knew what was happening. And so now, the psalmist wants everybody to know that God is great, that God is faithful to his promises. And this is something we can get behind. This is something we say, yes, I agree, we should sing about that. But then we get to verse 13, and everything gets a little bit weird. Because in verse 13, the psalmist says that we should praise God and give him thanks because he is coming to judge the world. Hang on. Isn't judgment a bad thing? Why are we praising God for being a judge? We don't tend to like judges very much. And that's because, if we have a look at the rest of verse 13 we get a hint about why we might want to praise God even though he's judging the world. The second half of verse 13 says, he will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. We can praise God for his judgment because his judgment is nothing like our judgments. There are whole websites on the internet that are dedicated to people telling their stories of revenge. You get headings like, I was skipped over for a promotion, so I got my boss fired. I didn't get a raise, so I sent the company bankrupt. Somebody was rude to me in the shops, so I got them evicted from their house. The common thread through all these stories is all these judgments are petty, disproportionate, and selfish. But God's judgment is nothing like that. God's judgments are true, faithful, merciful, and just. In fact, the best way to think about it is to think about a courtroom. 
You see, before COVID, when the courts were still going and the news reported on more than just infection statistics and restriction changes, they would often report on court cases. And when the cameras were in the courts, you saw the judge reading out the sentence. More often than not, everyone who was watching would burst into cheers. They would be cheering that judgment had come. They would cheer because the innocent had been vindicated and set free. And they would cheer because the guilty had been found out and made to held to account. We cheer because we love justice. We love it when the right decision is made. And this is why the writer of this psalm praises God for his judgment. Because we know it will be true justice. Even the best human judgment is marred by bias, selfishness. But God's aren't. And so we can praise God for his justice. Because when it comes, it will be true justice. His judgments will be true and right. And that will be a good day for everyone. And we are also told through this psalm exactly what the judgment is going to be. And we get told that when we think about the God who the psalmist is praising. You see, the psalmist is praising the God who created the heavens and the earth. As we read Paul's letter to the Colossians, we find out this. He's speaking about Jesus and he says... Jesus is the one who, through whom all things have been created, through him and for him. And so when the psalmist praises the God who created the world, he's talking about Jesus. Moreover, when he praises the God who is going to come to judge the world, he again is talking about Jesus. Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, again talking about Jesus, says, in the presence of God and of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. This psalm isn't about us. This psalm is all about Jesus. Jesus is the one who created the world, and therefore he is the one who has the right to judge it. And because it's about Jesus, we know exactly what the verdict will be when that day comes. You see, this psalm represents the, the worship that Jesus should have received when he came to earth. And we saw a glimpse of that at Christmas with the angels singing glory to God in the highest. But after that, Jesus received none of this praise that he was due. Instead of rejoicing, he was rejected. Instead of declarations of his greatness, he was mocked. Instead of cries of hallelujah, God reigns, he was nailed to a Roman cross. And it is that very fact that makes Jesus worthy of this psalm. In that one act, he took the judgment that we deserved, he took the punishment that was to be ours, and made it so that when he comes again, the verdict will not be guilty, but will be innocent. Because of what Jesus has done, we will be declared innocent on that final day. The person who wrote this psalm 
had great news. God was faithful to his promises. God had let them out of exile. We have a much better story than that. God himself has come to earth, joined us in the dirt and messiness of life. He stepped off his throne, gave up his power, and faced the death that we deserved so that we don't have to and we can be declared innocent on that final day. What would you do if the Queen was coming to Australia and she told you that she was going to spend her two weeks of quarantine at your house? Well, you'd probably spend three weeks cleaning the place first to make sure it was just right. But after that, you'd probably start telling people that the Queen was coming to your place. You'd start by telling the neighbours that the Queen and her entourage were going to take up all the best parking spots in the street. You'd let your family know that no, they can't come and visit because there will be special guards at the door. And you just want to let your friends know because that's actually pretty special that the Queen's coming to your place. But imagine this. After dinner one, one day with the Queen, you've all finished eating. She gets up, goes to the kitchen, and starts doing the dishes. What do you do? The Queen's doing your dishes. Do you get up and stop her? Well, you can't. She's the Queen. She can do whatever she wants, even if it is the dishes. If the Queen did start doing your dishes, the first thing you would do is get on Facebook and start telling people, I'm so special, the Queen has done, is doing my dishes. We have a message greater than the Queen doing our dishes. The God of the universe has come to live with us. And he didn't just do our dishes. He took the punishment we deserved so that we could live forever with him. Not because he expects us to repay him, not because it is something we could ever earn, but simply because he loves us and wants to live with us. So what do we do in response to this great news that the Bible gives us? We do what we do with every other piece of good news. We start talking about it. We say, we tell, we declare, we sing. We look for opportunities to tell other people the good news. Not because it earns us any brownie points with God or we think it will get us a better place in heaven. No, we tell people because it is good news. And good news needs to be shared. There are days when this will be hard when it feels like this is not good news. And so, what we do is remind ourselves of what God has done for us. We reread his word. We study the promises he has made and all the promises he has kept. And by doing that, we will be reminded just how good this news is. And that will give us the motivation we need to tell. So who are you going to read the Bible with? 
who are you going to share this good news with? There are many and various ways to do it. When you get asked at work, what did you do on the weekend? How will you respond? Will you say, oh, not much? Or will you say, I went to church? I like telling people that I went to church because it's a great way of showing people that I think that God is king and that gathering with his people is the most important thing I can do on a Sunday. It's only a small way of telling people that, but it works. We can read the Bible with people. We can gather with our, with our connect groups and pray. This is why one of our four pillars of our vision statement is bringing our friends to faith. We have good news, and it's only natural to share our good news. We just need to find the ways to do it. The person who wrote Psalm 96 had good news they wanted to share. God is faithful. God has kept his promises. He loves his people. We have news that's a thousand times better than what this, the person who wrote this psalm knew. God loves us because he sent his son for us. We can live forever with him, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. And so now, our job is to spread the good news just like we would any other piece of good news so that more and more people can hear it, not just here in Willoughby or here in our families, but in the whole world. If the whole world needed to hear the message that the exile was over, surely they need to hear the message that we can come to God now, no longer as his enemies, but as his beloved sons and daughters. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that you will help us to joyously share the good news that you have given us. That you would make us brave and that you will help us to feel the joy of this news. Amen.